Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 218 of the podcast. It's March 11th, 2015. My guest today is Karen Keel Roster. She's Vice President and Quality Improvement Officer at Mary Greeley Medical Center in Iowa. And we're talking today about the Malcolm Baldridge National Quality Award and how that framework and process is mutually supportive of lean and quality improvement. In December of 2014, Mary Greeley Medical Center was named a recipient of the gold level recognition uh, in the Iowa Recognition for Performance Excellence, or IRPE, program. That's the state-level Baldridge Award. And they previously received the silver level in 2011. And so in this podcast, we're going to talk about why and when Mary Greeley decided to pursue the Baldridge Award, what it was like to be reviewed at the state level, and their future plans for applying at the national level. Um, Karen also shares some of their key quality outcomes measures and how this recognition has helped internally uh, with staff and in other ways. She also talks about their daily safety huddles, the importance of engaging those closest to the work, and the need for a systematic approach to capture rapid improvement events and daily improvement work, and how their use of the Kinexus software platform has supported those efforts. Now, the hospital was previously featured in episode 201, where uh, Ron Smith, uh, who works for Karen, and uh, Suze Caprich from Kinexus talked about the workout process that they went through at Mary Greeley Medical Center, where they generated about $800,000 in financial savings in three months, in addition to other improvements to quality, safety, and, uh, and care. So if you'd like to see uh, links um, to any of the things we talk about here, more information, you can go to leanblog.org slash 218. That's got the show notes and more information. Leanblog.org slash 218. Well, Karen, hi. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast today. Hello. Thanks for inviting me. So uh, you're joining us from Iowa. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about Mary Greeley Medical Center for people who... Uh, maybe didn't listen to, uh, I wanted to point out, episode 201 uh, about seven months ago. We had your colleague Ron Smith uh, on the show. But um, tell us about Mary Greeley Medical Center. Sure. Mary Greeley Medical Center is a 220-bed acute care uh, hospital located in central Iowa. And we've been using Kinexus for about two years now. Started out with our, our project management um, software tool. And, yeah, and thank you for, for being uh a Kinexus customer, and you know, we've been happy to, that, that you've incorporated us into your quality improvement and lean efforts. Um, but you know, and before we delve into that and uh, you know, the Baldridge process, um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about um, yourself? What, what's your background in, in healthcare and healthcare quality? Sure. I have about a 25-year um, history in healthcare. Um, started out working on the payer side and um, most recently 15 years on the provider side. I'm the Vice President and Quality Improvement Officer for Mary Greeley, and my quality journey was kind of odd in that it started out when our Joint Commission Coordinator in my former organization left after six months, uh, six months into our preparation for our triennial survey. And that experience was uh, pretty rigorous and made me realize that um, we, had to have a, we had to have a better way of doing this. Um, we put in place a number of um, initiatives and um, came up with a 365-day readiness approach to surveying. So I kind of got thrown into this quality journey early on with Joint Commission and process improvement 
and it was all about, to me, it was all about getting better all the time. We had to get better at doing things, and that just led me to really having a passion for engaging those closest to the work in coming up with ways of doing things better. Um, I like to say engaging those closest to the work to designing and redesigning their work because really those employees are the ones that have the ideas. So that's that's really been my passion and my focus for the past 15 years that I've been on the provider side. Yeah, and I, I certainly uh, agree that um, engaging those closest to the work is um, is so important. You know, one of my um, most recent episodes here, I, I did an uh, interview with Alan Robinson, who's written a number of books on improvement, and one of them is called The Idea-Driven Organization. And he and his co-author have done research into organizations where a lot of this has been tracked. And you know, they, they found very consistently about 80% of the improvement that happens in an organization, the results and the activity comes from the frontline staff, which I, I think to a lot of people would be really surprising, but it sounds like to you and Mary Greeley, no, that, that wouldn't be surprising, right? Well, I think we see that every day in some of the improvement efforts that we have, and we are pretty committed to, like I said, engaging those closest to the work because our employees know what needs to be fixed. Our, our managers know what should happen our employees know what does happen, and that's what we need to get to. Yeah, and closing that gap between should and, and does, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, or, you know, tell the listeners why and when Mary Greeley decided to pursue the whole Baldridge process and, and maybe some of the timeline and how that was incorporated into other methodologies like Lean. I'm, I'm curious to hear kind of the sequence and how some of this fits together. Sure. Well, I joined Mary Greeley in 2009. Prior to that, I was with an organization, and I had some experience in working with the state quality program and the similar, the, the state's level of the Baldridge program, and led that organization through a number of years and ultimately to the highest level in the state's journey. And so when I joined Mary Greeley in 2009, and at that time, the CEO felt that they really needed someone at the, the senior table who was committed to, and not that they weren't, not that everyone else wasn't committed to quality, but really was responsible for bringing that quality message to the senior table. And that's when I joined the organization. And I remember our conversation when I first joined, he said, I don't know if we need Lean or if we need Baldridge or if we need PQM or whatever we need, but we need something. And so he sent me on a journey of uh, 90 days of just exploring. So I went out and I... Um, shadowed departments and staff, and I went everywhere in the organization. And my assessment was we could benefit from the Baldrige criteria, and we could also benefit from standardizing some of our work. So that's really, they kind of went hand in hand. And truly, Baldrige and Lean, Six Sigma, they kind of go hand in hand. So that's really how our how our process started here. Yeah, and... Um... And, and that conversation you were describing, that was with uh, with the CEO who, who was asking you to, yes. to go and do that, that, that yes, research. Yes, that was with Brian Dieter. With Brian, yeah. And um, so um, what was, so talk about maybe, you know, getting started with applying the Baldrige criteria. I guess, you know, there's, imagine kind of a precursor before you ever start to go for the different levels of, um formal review at the state level, right? I mean, if an organization says, we, we want to use this Baldridge framework and criteria, what, what were some of the practical first steps that, that took place? Well, some of the practical first steps, and, 
And when I came into the organization, we had already missed the cycle, the first cycle of our state's application process. So what I did was I really, um, I set out on a path to learn. And I already had the Baldrige criteria from my former organization as a knowledge base. And I started learning each of the categories and how they fit within the organization. And I actually started developing an application within that first year, and we submitted our first application in 2010. So it was about eight months after I joined the organization. And we didn't um, we didn't decide that we would build all kinds of teams around the categories, the different criteria of Baldridge. We just said, you know what, we're going to get this started. We're going to apply what we do every day to the Baldridge criteria, and we're going to use that feedback report that we get from the Baldridge process as our improvement opportunities or helping us get better the next time around. So we really put together a pretty rigorous approach of submitting an application and then incorporating that feedback into our next annual action plan, and then that fed the next application cycle, and it was actually a very rigorous five-year cycle to get to the point we are at today. So we really... We took what we knew already in the organization, applied it in the criteria, and and then just started communicating that throughout our organization. So things like in the leadership category, communicating with staff, um, effective two-way communication with staff, we do that. We were doing that already. We started sharing that with our fellow department directors and leaders and explaining what that meant in the in the Baldridge language, and that it was just really the work that we were doing already, and then we just turned that around into our application. So it probably wasn't as challenging as what some organizations might think in just getting started. If you look at the criteria, apply it to your organization, and, and most organizations will say, well, gee, we do a, a form of that. We, we do some of that already. So it really is just getting started with it. And it sounds like part of what I heard you say was that um, the goal, the intent that first year of applying wasn't to to win anything, if that if that's if win is the right word, but to 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 just I guess from that first starting point, uh, good, bad, or whatever, to get that feedback and and see what the gaps are. Correct. Correct. I, I think it, for organizations that are truly committed to getting better and taking the feedback that you get from the consultants that work on your application, it's not about winning. It's about how much better can I get next time? What are the things that I need to do? Because these, um, the board of examiners, the people who come in and review your organization or review your application, they've been out in other organizations. They've seen world-class or, or top-level, top-decile achieving organizations, whether it's healthcare or manufacturing or nonprofit, they've seen it and they can apply it to what you've put in your application or what you what they see in your organization and they can share that with you. How can you get better the next time around? So organizations that are really committed to the process aren't looking at, at an award. They're looking at getting better. They're looking at fixing things within their organization mm-hmm. and really developing that culture. So no, we weren't looking at an award. We were just yeah. Our, our mission was let's get our application submitted and let's see how we stack up. And so in, in that process of figuring out how you stack up, can, can you talk about the process where uh, I imagine there are those state examiners who come in and 
visit the hospital and um, you know can you talk about how that review happens and how much of what they look at or evaluate is based on kind of you know the processes versus leadership behaviors versus looking at uh, let's say measurable outcomes well I think they look at all of that um, initially you submit your application and it's a 50-page document and you have a team of anywhere from eight to ten examiners who are trained been through this process multiple times before they go through a cycle of independent review. So each of the eight to ten examiners independently review your application, all 50 pages, and there's a process that they go through to independently review each of the sections of your application. Um, six process categories and one results category. So they do that independent review, then they come together as a team, and they come to consensus on what they've reviewed. So that eight to ten member team reviews the application in consensus, and comes up with some um, strengths and then opportunities for improvement within your application. And then they prepare for a site visit. So the site visit is when the team comes on site at the organization and evaluates or, or um, they go through a cycle of verifying and clarifying with various people within the organization, not just leaders, they want to get right down to the staff level because it's really about deployment. How well does your entire organization understand um, what the strategic plan is, what the key metrics of the organization are? Um, how well do they understand the things that we say as senior leaders or leaders that we're doing to make the organization better? So then the examiner team comes does the process of verifying and clarifying, hearing what others say throughout the organization, and then they go back and they evaluate those responses according to the criteria again and come up with the results. So it's a, it's a very rigorous cycle, and it's a very, um, some may say it's subjective, but it's a very, if you follow the process, it's very objective. You look at each category within the application, you look at the criteria and how the organization can respond to the criteria, and you e evaluate based on that criteria and score the organization. And it, it sounds like they're they're trying to go through and verify that the organization's walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Exactly. Of, of exactly, and that's a key. And, and, yeah. That's a key because uh, I I always say. Once you figure this out, once you learn how to write, you can write an award-winning application. You can get anybody on site. But <clears throat> truly, the, the value is seeing it in action and, and having your organization truly demonstrating um, what's in that application. So when I first wrote our first application, I shared with our CEO and I shared with others. There is not one item in this application that we can't not model in this organization that is not untrue of this organization. And if there are some things that we haven't been able to respond to in the criteria, it's because we don't have a system in place to do it. Mm -hmm. So you put your application out there, the examiner team reviews it, and, and that's, where the, that's where the learning comes in. That's where they're getting better every year at not just... Um, it's not about getting better to, to get to the next level in the application process or the award process. It's really to, to make your organization better and sustainable. Mm -hmm. And um, of these different things that you have to um, demonstrate in practice, um, one of those is being able to demonstrate some defined process for continuous improvement, correct? Yes. 
And can you can you talk um, about you know like what that process was? And at some point, um, Mary Greeley brought Kinexus into the equation to to be part of that system. I was wondering if you can kind of talk a little bit about how those pieces fit together. Well, in the Ballage criteria, Category Six is all about process, or um, it's about how you design and redesign your work processes, uh, as well as operational effectiveness. So, how well do you do your work? And that was one thing that we do have processes in place, uh, but we just we didn't feel that we could demonstrate them in our early stages of our application process as well as we could. And we started down a path of implementing lean um, for healthcare, and we were doing a number of improvement projects, and we were documenting our improvement projects. Uh, but through the feedback that we got from the examiners, they said, we don't see where you have a systematic approach for then taking that, what you learned, cycling it back into your organization and making improvements. So we started looking at a, a tool that could help us systematically capture our rapid improvement events, our project tracking, and that's when we discovered Kinexus. So we started using Kinexus for our project tracking. And then a little over a year ago, we learned of a, um, uh, a program within Kinexus, the 100-day workout. And we decided we would take that on as a challenge to our leaders. And we assigned each one of our leaders to come up with an idea that's a project within their department that they could improve upon in 100 days. And they used the Kinexus tool for documenting that uh, their improvement project. And then at the end of the 100 days, we celebrated and realized over, I want to say, over $700,000 in hard and soft savings to the organization through either um, savings or revenue generation. So we learned how to use that tool, the Kinexus tool, um, through the criteria of Category Six, and and I just want to interject. Yeah, that that was the uh, focus of podcast number two hundred one, where uh, Ron Smith um, from Mary Greeley and and Suze Caprich from Kinexus talked about that that workout process that listeners might be familiar with. It's it's basically modeled on what what's sometimes called the GE uh, workout process. Um, and uh, like like I said, you know, something like that that was um, very successful, building upon other approaches that that you already had, and and so then as you went through the process uh, in, in in 2014, that that became something helpful then to demonstrate that capability for for systemically capturing and managing improvement, right? Systemically capturing, managing improvement, and then taking those improvements and and sharing them throughout the organization and using best practices within um, that Kinexus tool so other leaders can go in and see what someone else's 100-day project was and maybe they can do something similar in their department. So it was a great sharing tool. We've also, in, in Ballridge, the Ballridge journey is all about learning and how you take that learning and, and take it to the next level. Um, so I think we're at the next level of our learning with Kinexus um, which is managing for daily improvement. And we're using that tool, rolling it out right now, to help our employees come up with ideas, um, daily ideas that, that uh, for things that they can implement within their own organ or within their own department and within their own span of control, things that might bug them or where they might have a, a great idea, but they just need some a little bit of help from someone to get it going. 
So they go in and enter an idea, and their leader picks that idea up, communicates with the employee, helps them if they need to, or points them in the direction of where they can get additional assistance, and then completes that idea. So that's our next level of rollout with Kinexus. And and let me and, and let me bring the focus back to um, Mary Greeley and and the two different levels of state Baldridge um, recognition that you've received. Um, the, can you talk about the the progression from the silver uh, level to the gold level between 2011 and 2014? What those levels mean and what what happened you know between those years? Well, there are three levels within the state program: um, bronze, silver and gold, and gold is the highest achievement level. And to get to those levels, um, there is a point system, a scoring system, um, but you really have to demonstrate systematic approaches that incorporate fact-based decision-making. You have to demonstrate that you're using your data to make improvements, and that's, like I said before, where the the Kinexus tool came in, where we can demonstrate the use of our our data to make improvements. But going from the silver level to the gold level is significant in that when the examiners come on site, um, it's really your organization is really moving at the highest level that you could possibly be moving at. You are achieving the results that you talk about in in your application. You're demonstrating those results. And not only demonstrating those results on paper, your employees are speaking it. They're talking about how they're they're connected to the mission. They're talking about how they're connected to the strategy. They know um, the organization's strategic plan. They know how they fit in the organization and what they're doing to help that strategic plan. So it really is everyone, all 1,300 of our employees, not just the management team saying this. It is every one of our 1,300 employees demonstrating to the examiner site team that we have things in place our employees know what they're doing, and they have opportunities to make improvements. So, um, it, it's a we can demonstrate a high level of of um, that whole systematic approach in our designing and redesigning of our work systems and applying our data to make improvements. So, it's a it's a really great uh, it's an exciting feeling when you get to that level. Um, most importantly, because you know that your employees are engaged. Uh, it's great to see that, and um, it's, it comes with a lot of work and a lot of focus, um, but it, it also demonstrates a high level of engagement from employees. Yeah, and, and I'm sure those recognitions, um, including the most recent one uh, at the end of last year, that, that's got to be a nice boost for the staff and everybody who's working on improvement, right? Can you kind of describe what, what that means internally when there's a, a recognition like that that's announced? Um, it's exciting for our staff. It's affirmation that the work we're doing is having a positive impact on our mission and our strategy of providing exceptional patient-centered care. Um, it helps our staff in knowing that we recognize the work that they're doing. And uh, really, again, it, it gets right down to the staff level and those employees doing the, the work that they do every day um, to achieve the outcomes that we achieve. <clears throat> it's not me. Uh, telling them how to do it. It's them performing it in a way that they know is the best way that will deliver the best outcome for our patients because they've studied it, they've come up with the best um, approach, and they have put it into place. So it's 
it's the affirmation that we work so hard for. Yeah. And then um, I was wondering if, if you could share um, some key you know, quality outcomes or or measures, um, you know, within the organization, um, you know, some of the, the results or, or measures that you're more, most proud of that demonstrate, you know, the, the, the level of care and quality that, that you've achieved there at Mary Greeley. Sure, and, I, and I'll share, we, we like to measure our results in whole numbers. Mm-hmm. So we use numbers um, to, to demonstrate our, our outcomes when we're talking with employees uh, throughout our organization, because that really puts a number sometimes puts a face to to the outcome. Mm-hmm. A number means a patient. Um, we also use rates to benchmark ourselves to the competitors, but when you look at rates with employees, you know, a number of falls per 1,000 patient care days, what does that really mean to an employee? So we like to put numbers to it. So, for instance, we've gone over 1,000 days without a ventilator-associated pneumonia in our ICU, We've gone over a thousand days without a central associated bloodstream infection in the ICU, two years without missing a metric in our um, congestive heart failure bundle. Um, we've reached, we've reduced our falls in our rehab unit by over 35%. I mean, it just every day we have a safety huddle and we talk about how many days we've gone without a, a specific safety event or a fall or a pressure ulcer, those are the things that are most meaningful to us because, again, it's affirmation that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but ultimately our patients are having the best outcome. Yeah. And those outcomes are driven by, you know, process and leadership. And I'm curious if if you can talk a little bit more about the safety huddles, because I had a chance to observe one that you did. Late last year, um, with 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 Brian, the CEO, and leadership, and um, can can you talk about that process and and the, the consistency and, and and what that huddle, um, how how it works, and what that's meant? Well, actually, the the safety huddles come out of a what we learned as a best practice in another Baldrige organization, um, and one of our staff members was out doing a site visit in another organization, so we learned. Uh, about these and then we're able to follow up with a few other organizations that were doing similar. So um, that's how we use the Baldridge criteria and approach to learn and do new things. But daily we do a safety huddle with our leadership team at 845 in the morning. And we call them three-tier huddles in that first thing in the morning our leaders are, are rounding and huddling with their staff. And then the staff are huddling with each other within the department giving um, shift reports and handoffs, and then our leaders come together as, as a group at 845, and we talk about any serious safety events that have gone on in the past 24 hours, or looking forward, are we anticipating something in the next 24 hours, or are there other operational things that we should know about? And we also talk about safety success stories, so we can identify, has there been a success in our organization that we want to share, repeat with others? Um, so it's a it's a quick. Sometimes it can take five minutes, maybe as long as ten minutes. We go through our entire leadership structure. We have 35 people there. We report out whether we've had an event in the last 24 hours, anything looking forward, and any safety success. It's a very rigorous um, and quick process, um, but it's been very effective for our organization. Yeah, and then, you know the thing I like about you know taking an approach like that is that it 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 builds within you know kind of you know the daily rhythms of the organization that that safety really always needs to be 
on top of people's minds in terms of, of risks and, and processes. And, you know, I, I, I just like that that approach so much better than what you see a lot of times in healthcare where there's a bad event and then people react and someone puts out a statement that says, well, of course, patient safety is always our top priority. And I'm like, well, you, you've really got to live that and not just say that, um, you know, and, and so I, that's why I always appreciate when I hear, you know, organizations that are taking safety beyond a slogan and, and really making that a priority, right? And that is part of the leadership category in Baldridge. How do, how do leaders demonstrate and support a culture of safety within the organization. And and the safety huddle is huge because it really is a proactive approach to preventing safety issues throughout the organization. Put them on the table. Get them right out there. Let's talk about anything that we might anticipate happening. Let's not just wait to report things after they happen. Let's look forward. And with all of those leaders there, um, we can all work on that together. So it really engages the entire organization. Yeah. Now, um, look, looking ahead, um, you know, now that you've received the state recognition there in Iowa, do you plan to you know, pursue the National Baldridge Award? Or you know, curious what your thoughts or plans are on that? Um, absolutely. We are actually, we submitted our um, intent to apply yesterday and um, are planning on starting that journey. Um, it is, uh, again, it's a journey. It's all about getting better at getting better every day. If we take a year off, we feel um, you just lose a year of that momentum. So it really is about continuous improvement, continuously looking for ways that we can improve. And we believe that the next step is to go on the national the national stage. So, and, and, and like you said earlier, to continue that improvement, not, not just to win an award, but to, I guess, continue, push, continue to push everybody forward, right? It really is to continue our push and continue our focus on, you know, we had that, the criteria of the Baldridge program so well ingrained in our organization right now. It really is to keep that momentum going, to build that culture, and ultimately our employees, everyone at, at every level is going to be able to manage from their level and improving things every day. So that's our, that's our ultimate goal. Yeah. Well, and, and good luck with that continued journey um, this ne this next Thank year you. or however many. Uh, I know that the, the journey will continue every year from now on, but the, 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 the particular steps toward um, those different levels of national um, recognition. Um, as, as we start to wrap up here, you know, it's just kind of stepping back more generally. If uh, what, what advice do you have? for other health systems? Are there any other kind of points or key lessons regarding um, how to create a culture of continuous improvement? Um, I think the, the keys are engaging your staff, those closest to the work, and having them help you because they're the ones that have the answers, and then just get started. Whether you use Baldridge, whether you use Lean, whether you use some other methodology, and just get started and stay with it. Um, I think our employees respect the fact that we've been on this continuous journey for many years. It hasn't been a, um, you know, the, the flavor of the day or the year or the month. It's been a continuous journey, a continuous focus using very similar techniques, and um, they can, they're focused. So that's what helps the most. Yeah, and like you said, you know, things not being a flavor of the month, that um, – reminds me of what Dr. Deming talked about in terms of having a constancy of purpose, um, of, of safety and quality and, and continuing to engage people, to continually improve, to have consistent leadership. That That's really important, right? 
that's our that absolutely sums it up for us. It's it is the constancy of purpose, the stick to itness, just constantly focused on how we can get better at providing that patient centered care. So Well it's so important and, and, and thank you for sharing you know, some of your experiences and, and your process. I hope that inspires others to you know to, to look at the Baldridge criteria and, and you know to consider how to um, integrate lean practices into that. Um, maybe maybe a final question, final, final question here. I've I've heard people in the past say that, you know, Baldridge kind of lays out what you need to do, but is somewhat agnostic about some of the details of how you do it and that lean and, and Six Sigma are, are different methods that you could apply within that framework. Is, is that a fair way of describing it? Or Yes. Um, Baldrige doesn't tell you what to do. They, they give you the criteria. You can you use the criteria to apply how you're doing those things. Mm-hmm. And lean is just a tool in the toolbox for how we get our work done, how we improve our our work, how we design and redesign. So absolutely, that's a fair assessment. Well, um, well, thanks. And I'll uh, invite listeners to, to come visit the page with the show notes. We'll, we'll link to you know, information about the Baldridge Criteria and uh, Mary Greeley Medical Center and, and the past podcast. But uh, again, our guest has been uh, Karen Kiel Rosser. Uh, thank you, Karen, so much for being a guest and sharing your experiences with us today. Again, thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.